Welcome, Temple family and friends. We're so glad to have you joining us for another episode of Temple Talk. This podcast aims to engage our faith community through thoughtful biblical discussions centered on God's Word. Our goal is to explore Scripture together to discover the wisdom it has for our lives. In this podcast, we'll be diving deep into God's truths and discussing how they impact our daily living. We're eager to unpack the riches of the Bible with you all, our extended church family. And now, here's Temple Talk. Welcome, Temple family and friends. We are happy to have you back again uh, to Temple Talk for this week. Uh, here I am with our pastor, Bennett Holloway. Bennett, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm trying to uh, make sure that you know I put in the work and I'm disciplined as we work towards Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a little bit of exercises each day to be prepared for the big meal. Uh, my wife is an incredible baker and side dish. Well, I'm the side dish connoisseur. Um, but uh, we're excited about Thanksgiving, and we've got a lot to be thankful for. Um, what about you? How are you doing? Introduce us into the life of the Tuck Choate. We're doing well. So we actually did Thanksgiving last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, a Friendsgiving mostly with our young adult uh, age group that we have, our small group. So what is that? Our Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, Tuck. Our <laughs> We've mentioned this like 10 times on this podcast, and we only have nine episodes. <laughs> if you didn't know this, uh, our church now offers a, a young adult, specifically in the, in the context of college ministry. Uh, Tuck and his wife has felt convicted and deeply desired to provide a ministry um, targeting that demographic. So if you are young out there and maybe you uh, desire a deeper level of uh, connection with the church and community— um, with people, Tuck and Chelsea. You can find them online, and you can reach out here at temple.church, and we'd love to get you connected. You missed Friendsgiving, but today we're talking about Thanksgiving. And last Sunday, Dr. Ewart touched on 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Now, Tuck, this for me, this is a life verse. And to be honest, it kind of, uh, it, 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 it brought me back to some of the things that the Lord has taught me throughout my life through this verse. This is one of the first passages I memorized as a teenager. And so uh, I'm going to read it to you in the ESV version, and then you and I are going to walk through uh, wrestling with it, but also diving deeper into practical application through it. So let me read it. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yeah, so this is what we've kind of been diving through for the last couple of weeks. We started with rejoicing always and talked about how we can really honestly do that. So that was a couple of weeks ago. And now we are at the give thanks in all circumstances. And uh, Dr. Ewart was walking through this. And again, he had that title of really? Like, is this something yeah. that I can really do in all circumstances? Um And uh, my key thing that I took away from this was he says that it is to give thanks in all circumstances, not necessarily for all circumstances. Mm. And I know that there are difficulties. You know, my family has been going through a lot of health issues. Uh, We've also had a sudden death in the family in the last couple of weeks. And we have been struggling with this. and, And it was helpful to hear We don't necessarily have to be thankful for all circumstances because there are difficult 
circumstances, you know, those those two things, health and, and death, are the big ones that come to mind, yeah. that it's difficult to be thankful for those, but there's still a way that we can maybe be thankful in those circumstances. And I know you and I were talking through this. This is not a um, an optional thing. This right. is a command from the Lord. You need to be grateful. You need to be thankful. And so that's one thing that each and every single one of us can relate with one another, right? And it's this idea of difficult things we've gone through, difficult things we're going through, and inevitably difficult things we're going to go through. Because that's one of the things that we can pretty much say is a guarantee in this temporal world. Paul wrote about it uh, in his epistles. Jesus describes it and acknowledges himself that storms will come. And so that's one thing we all have a good understanding of. But but this passage, it really is difficult because, it, because Paul's writing to the church of the Thessalonica, and the, so these, these believers, and, and, and in the context of this actual book, he's addressing some very difficult things in the context of a church. And in, right there in, in chapter 5, he's saying, oh, and rejoice always— Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. So this 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 expectation of of rejoicing. So it's not being happy, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a temporal feeling of giddiness, but it's a deep rooted, uh, peaceful shalom that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Of but but not just when it's going well, and it's not just when it's going tough. It's always at all times. Praying without ceasing. That's something that I've learned a lot in my life. There's, there's, this, there's a differentiation in defining what this prayerful disposition looks like. And so one of the things that I would just want to encourage and even talk to you about is what it would look like in the life of a practical believer in the 21st century, modern-day, Western American church to pray without ceasing. We just did 15 days of prayer and fasting. We had the worship center open morning, noon, and night, 6 a.m., 12 o'clock, and 6 p.m. We encouraged and wrote prayers for our congregation, uh, not only personally but corporately focused, uh, as we work through this difficult historical season of transition in our church. And so what does it look like for someone to pray without ceasing right now? The biggest thing is that, you know, all three of these commands, the rejoicing, the praying, and the giving thanks, all of these come with these qualifiers of always, without ceasing, and in all circumstances. And I think what that tells us is that we need to have a life that is defined by these things. We need to have a life that is defined with a joy and not, like you said, a happiness that is an emotion, but a joy that is deep within us that comes out when people see us. Same thing with prayer. We need to have a life that is defined by prayer, where when something happens, our first person that we turn to is not just a friend or even a spouse, but to God first and foremost. And then having a life that is defined by thankfulness, that is not just a easy on the lips, thank you for whatever, but a life that shows a thankfulness that is deep within us for a life and for, you know, ultimately a salvation that comes from from deep within. So what you're describing isn't just the things that we do 
or the boxes that we can check, but it's almost like an orientation of who we are in terms of rejoicing, prayerful disposition, and thanksgiving. So, so Dr. Ewart shared the differentiation between giving praise and giving thanks. Giving praise because of who God is, the character of who he is, worshiping him, responding as he's revealed himself to us, giving thanks for what he's done and what he's doing, his functionality as he's as he's blessing, as he's providing, as he's as he's saving, as as he's as he's moving in power, right? And so this idea behind Philippians 4 that we walk through, rejoice always, I say rejoice, and then he walks through kind of a prescription that will lead to an ability to rejoice. Mm-hmm. And then we look at this, it's be joyful always and pray without ceasing. And so what I would just encourage us to think through is retraining ourselves and, and, and learning what it means to daily do life, acknowledging the omnipresence of God, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so if I pray without ceasing, I recognize that I am in a constant dialogue with the creator of everything. There's no distance I can run to where I outrun uh, his earshot. Uh, And so I can approach the throne of grace with confidence, knowing that he hears me as he intercedes on, on behalf of me. But also this other side is he's in relentless pursuit of me. As the prodigal father looks to the the prodigal son's father looks up to the horizon, expectantly waiting for his son to come home, and then he runs to him. As we see God in His character and nature displayed in His creation itself, we are in a constant dialogue with the Creator of everything. And so, as we drive, as we work, as we enjoy time with our friends or enjoy time with our family as we're alone or in community, whether you realize it or not, the phone is off the hook and he's on the line. We we have a constant availability to have a dialogical, it's, it's a dialogue with the creator of every so if we see ourselves from that disposition to where we recognize it's more of a, a walkie-talkie function versus a phone call to where we're constantly communicating and dialoguing and sometimes it requires us to be quiet and sometimes we get to speak but we're 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 praying without ceasing. And, and Dr. Ewart, he did describe, he framed that as, it's not a constant talking, um, the, the bloody noses, the bow your heads and, and, and close your eyes forever. Um, but it's, it's this disposition to recognize that we are dependent and submissive to the sovereign creator of everything. And so when I begin to understand that that's what it means to, to pray without ceasing, it actually also opens my eyes to recognize that everything I do, he's right here with me. And that both provides comfort, but that also calls me to a higher standard of living, recognizing that, man, he is everywhere. And so, one, it leads me to repentance, but two, it leads me to a sense of comfort, knowing that I am not alone. And we've talked about a consistent theme and scheme of the devil 
is to make people feel alone mm-hmm. and isolated. And so if we take a second to recognize that we are never those two things, because of God and who he is, oh, that brings comfort. And even if we just, if I just fixed my mind on that alone, it, it honestly gives me something to rejoice always for. <laughs> and it also gives me something to give thanks while I'm in the middle of, because I'm not abandoned. I'm not forsaken. And he is here with me. Yeah, I think having a, a right understanding of God is, is the biggest piece of all of this. And Dr. York touched on it. He said, when you, when you have this realization that the gigantic creator of this entire world has a desire to speak with me one-on-one and to give me my full attention. He says, when you have that in your mind, it's hard to not want to speak to him. It's hard to feel alone. But as you said, Satan wants to take that away from us, to make us feel alone, to put us in circumstances where we are blind to everything except for what's going on. And I've actually heard it called Satan's Gamble. Satan is gambling on the fact that he can get us to to give up when he puts us in a situation. Because if he can put us in a hard enough situation that we give up, then he wins. But what often happens, hopefully, in our lives is that what he ends up doing is, is losing his gamble. He puts us in a situation that if we can overcome it, we grow closer to God. And so we're putting him in this situation where he's He's giving us an opportunity either to fail or to grow stronger. And our job then is to make sure that he loses. And I love um, the way Dr. Ewart has been doing this. He will just call out Satan and make fun of him and tell him to his face that he is not going to win here. Um, and that, again, is having a right understanding of Satan. He is not all-powerful. Right. He is not all-knowing. Yeah. And when he... Uh, puts us in a situation he does not necessarily know how that is going to turn out because we have the the will and the ability to make him lose. So as you describe that, as you're working through that thought process, as you're working through this understanding of um, what we go through and how uh, we have an opportunity to see God move in power in the midst of what is going on, not that we may never endure trials or difficult seasons, it's guaranteed, right? Mm-hmm. But but recognizing we can still be thankful in the midst of those things. What encouragement and um, what scripture, I mean, what, what thought process, what refocus, what get out of the rut uh, encouragement would you give to someone that may find themselves uh, in a difficult position to give thanks in all circumstances. I think it goes to having that right understanding of God is that, as you were saying, he has not left our side when we are going through these trials. Um, You know, Psalms 23 comes to mind that he is with us in that valley of death. Um, And so he he can give us that strength that says, um, you are going through something difficult. This does not define you. Hmm. God can define us. And 
I know it's so hard when we are going through these things. Um, it, it's hard for me. I have not always been successful, even the last few weeks. Um, but as we are going through these to realize that he has a plan for us, he has a plan for our lives, and he does not want us to be defined by our sorrow or by these circumstances. He wants us to be defined by him and by this this joy and this thankfulness that when people see us going through these trials, they see something different about us. Because when when somebody without Christ goes through those circumstances, there is a, a sorrow. There is a darkness about them because they don't see an end to it. They've lost the biggest thing that matters to them. And when we go through that, a lot of times we have an opportunity to to show Christ to somebody. You know, Dr. Ewart was talking about when he goes to these other places, he can talk to people and there is a joy that is deep-seated within him that people are looking for. And I think that if we can be defined by thankfulness and joy, that we look different to the world. So one of the things that I would just strongly encourage someone as they navigate and maybe find themselves in a rut would be along the same lines of what you just prescribed. It, it would be being driven to the Word. I think that if we can jump in and better understand who He is through the study of His Word, I think that we'll better be equipped to navigate the lies of the enemy and accept the reality of what is what is really true, that, that we are not abandoned, that we are not alone. The other piece of that, and that's just vertical, right? That's your vertical relationship with God. The other piece of that that I would strongly encourage is connecting with people that care more about your soul and your Christ-likeness than anything else you have to offer. And that community, that, that people that you can share with and be honest and transparent with that can either correct you if you need it, but also speak truth into you and over you, remind you, but then care for you and be present with you. These are, these are things that he has given us. These are things that he established through his church. These are, these are things that, that he has really blessed us with until he returns again to retrieve us, that i wholeheartedly believe are the very things that they're the means in which we experience him move by the power of the Holy Spirit to cultivate in us a hope and a faith that endures. And so two verses that I would just challenge you to just sit in and pray about uh, is Psalm 118.29, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. The goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the love of God, sitting in that and praying that you might receive these things that are intended for you that last all of eternity because it is his nature. From the beginning to the end, the Alpha and the Omega, these things reign true. And then Ephesians 5.20, another a portion where it says, Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 12, I think that 
um, if you could, if you could just spend some time going there and reading it, uh, you would be greatly benefited. You can start in chapter eleven and read through the faith uh, of people as as you walk through this chronological story of of, of really heroes of faith in the Old Testament, but also in in verse. 1 and 2 of chapter 12, I'll read it to you. It gives us a game plan of how to navigate the moments that are in circumstance, the, the way we find ourselves in circumstances. And for some, it may be difficult to give thanksgiving. This is a way that you can get to that point. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is referencing back to chapter 11, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So I first start by saying, be encouraged by the stories and the testimonies of the faith that is exhibited through the lives of people we find in Scripture, and recognizing that the saints right now, this cloud of witnesses, this this eternal, this this people that are with God in paradise right now, forever, like we are operating right here in this temporal state, fixed in time, it gives us something specific to do. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. So there, there's, a, there's a response, an appropriate response that is required of sin. There is. There is a dependence to repent and turn and lay aside. There's an action towards laying Right? So let us address sin rightly in our lives. The second is let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we do this? How do we run this race, this difficult, miserable, storm-filled life that, that the writer of Hebrews is describing as a race, that Paul describes as a race? They say right here, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is sitting is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. A prescription that I've experienced is getting away from the things that are my height and lower and fixing my eyes on him, on Jesus, on the character of Christ, what Christ taught, what Christ did, Christ throughout scripture, Fixing my eyes on him, sober-minded, not divided, fixed on who he is and what he's done and what he has said. Being confident that he is seated at the right side of the throne of God. This is how I can endure what I'm going through. And this is also how, and this is what I'm expressing thanksgiving for. Because in, in 1 Thessalonians, it says, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So what I would just encourage us to recognize this is everything comes back to only the grace that we have. It all funnels through Jesus Christ. The price that he paid, the fact that he came, the blood that was shed, but also the death overcome, the ascension to the throne, the intercession on our behalf, and the promises of his return with the, the guaranteed judgment of the devil and the end having been written. 
these are the things that we can fix our minds on. And these are the things that guarantee you and me, Tuck, in these things we can rejoice always. These are not variables. They are fixed. They are constants. It is more true than anything else you and I are going through. It is more true than a diagnosis. It is more true than a broken relationship. It is more true than bad news or, or news in general. It is more true than social media. It is more true than your own thoughts. It is the truest thing that we can know. So the way that we rejoice always and we pray without ceasing and we give thanks in all circumstances is recognizing that for the will of God, it is found in Christ Jesus. And I love the way that he finishes this passage. It's for you. He gets very specific for you. In this passage of scripture, it's written uh, to the church in Thess- the Thessalonians at that time, but it's also applicable and edifiable today for all of us, 2 Timothy uh, 3.16 through 17. We know this, this is applicable for me right here. This is a passage that is written for me. This is a passage that's written for you. The you in that right there is you. And so the fact that the creator of everything has given us one, an opportunity to be in conversation with the fullness of his focus and attention on the stuff that we find ourselves going through and the provision of his son not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The grace that we are given that's unmerited, that we do not deserve, that is in alignment with his character, through Jesus, for you, this is the only pathway that we can truly rejoice always, that we can truly be joyful and pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Because it's in Christ. That's for you. So there's an opportunity here. There's, there's, a, there's, there's, there's information that's given. There are actions that have been made by God. And there's an opportunity to receive it and to respond in likeness and worship. And I think it's in that spot, as we're oriented to the text, as we're oriented to his word, as we're oriented to what is real and true, as often unseen, knowing that, that Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith, will develop this in us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's where I, I continue to hang my hat in the midst of my difficult circumstances. That's where I have to have people around me to guide me back to this reality, this truth that supersedes all the stuff of this world. And so that drives me to be thankful. And that's really what I'm fixing my mind on this week as I eat good food. And I will say, I I would like to say thank you. That was all perfect, exactly what we need to hear. For those of us that are listening, if you're in the third chair and you can't get there, it is not quite, you can't see that. You are lower than that. Um, For those of you who don't know me, about a decade ago, I was going through a divorce um, and and my therapist basically said, you need to find things to give thanks for. And I couldn't find a thing. 
couldn't find a thing to be thankful for. And she said, I need you to find 10 things that you are thankful for and write them down. And it took me a while to get the first one. It took me a while to get the second one. And eventually I got there. So my thing to you, if you are in that kind of position where you can't see how God is working in your life, if you can't see how you are to rejoice, if you are how you are to give thanks, and I don't mean this flippantly, just do it because it is commanded. And if you can force yourself to do it, it becomes easier. It's that whole fake it until you make it thing. And if you can write something down that you are thankful for and you push yourself, what you're doing is you are forcing yourself to find things that are good in your life instead of allowing yourself just to dwell on the things that are wrong, the things that are difficult. You are forcing yourself to get out of that mindset and find a good thing in your life. That will lead you to Jesus eventually. And it may take some work to get there, but then you start seeing Jesus is working in my life. God is in my life, and I see him here because now I've written it down. And I can go back to it. And we've spoken before about prayer journals and thankfulness journals where if you can keep those, what you're doing is you're leaving a trail behind where you can go back and you say, I prayed for that. I was thankful for that. And here's how it turned out. And I can see God working in my life. Mm -hmm. Because without that, it's easy to forget, especially when you're in a bad spot. It's easy to forget all of the things that God has done for you and where he has led us and where we have been and the progress that we've made. Because when you're struggling to take one step at a time, sometimes you forget how many steps you've taken until you turn around and you say, oh, I've come actually a decent decent way from where I was. So I, I recommend for anyone struggling is just do it. Take a second, pray, even if you don't feel it. Write things down. Find something to be thankful for because you are changing your mindset into looking for the things that he has done for you. That's right. So what you're describing there isn't isn't faking it till you make it. It's 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 focusing on the things he's done because you can guarantee there are things. Mm-hmm. But when we're overwhelmed with our eyes fixed on the things that we're going through, sometimes difficult. The fog is too thick. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes difficult to see it. Um, and so another thing that I've experienced ble- and really a blessing through is praying through Scripture. And we've talked about it often, yep. but jumping into the book of Psalms and really working through praying through that book and those Scriptures, it can reveal to you the very things that we can be thankful for and have a, gra- a, a disposition of gratitude towards God. Because David and the author of Psalms says, when you go through that, it gives the entire spectrum of, of emotion as, as, as they wrestle with all the things they've been through. And so that's both acknowledging pain, acknowledging difficulty, but continues to be driven back to this heart of saying, thank you, God, you sovereign ruler of all things, for you are good uh, and you aren't fair because <laughs> praise God, you are not fair. Your grace is sufficient. You are good and you are faithful. And so that's another tool, practical tool that we can do to just pray through scripture and journal. Um, Chuck, I love that, man. Absolutely. And and the thing about Psalms as well is that it has every gambit of, of emotion. Right. So if you're not feeling a prayer of thanksgiving, go find a prayer of, of frustration because it exists <laughs> in there. And there is... 
Psalms 88 says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. My soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to hell. So go find that. It's in the Bible. It is okay to pray that kind of a prayer of, I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep, and your wrath lays heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me of your your waves. And if you feel that, tell it to God. Give it to him and hand it over because that is something that is written for us to get it out. Isn't it? Because he is big enough to handle that. Isn't it so fun that he even includes prayers that most of us are too scared to pray? (laughs) That's in his scripture, right? Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit inspired the authors to write this prayer. It seems like we shouldn't be praying this, but it really gives us an opportunity to allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling articulate it to a creator that whose shoulders are broad enough. Mm-hmm. Right? We tell our two-year-old when, he, when he's, he's frustrated and he's getting into a tantrum and he doesn't know how to control his emotions because he's two. We tell ourselves and, and sometimes we tell him, I am big enough to handle your emotions and it is okay for you to feel what you're feeling. We will get through this together um, and we will develop in you how to have emotional stability and control and, and those sorts of things. And every time I say that, I think of God when I am frustrated and I am angry. I don't have to hold that into myself because I have a God that is big enough to handle my emotions, to handle my frustrations, to handle my sadness um, until I can get to the point where I have developed the emotional ability to give thanks in all circumstances, to rejoice always, because that doesn't come naturally. It's something that we have to learn. It's something we have to practice. And this command is not an easy command all the time. It is something that he told us because it doesn't come naturally. It's something we have to develop. So ultimately, um, you know, I think it brings us to a, to a point where um, – to be able to do these things, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances. Having this ability is getting us to the point where we understand God and his grace. And it's a it's a perspective of God that we have to have. So, Ben, then I'll, I'll turn this over to you. What is that perspective? How do we get there? Um, and, and what encouragement would you give to somebody, um, especially as we go into holiday seasons? These mm-hmm. times are tough for people who have lost loved ones in this last year, who are struggling with anxiety or loneliness. As we move into this, this time of that we would often say is, is thankfulness and joy, for so many people isn't. Where can they turn? I would strongly encourage um no matter what, no matter if, you, if, you, if this is just an awesome time of celebration, if it's, to, if it's a, a festival of feasts, or if it's a difficult season of loss, or maybe the first holiday that you're coming across without a loved one, or with a different situation in your home, whether it's a mountaintop or a valley, uh, my answer is always consistent. The only the only way that we can experience life 
at the deepest level in the fullness that which it was intended is in Christ. That's it. And, and I know that's like, man, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear the one, two, three. I want to hear a, well, just breathe deep and count to 10 and it's going to get better. But there, there's this, there's going to be a point in every single one of our lives, and well, maybe not in our life, but there's a point in our eternities where we have to decide who Christ is. And, and if there's people that have accepted him as Lord and Savior, then there's going to come a point, if you've put your faith, the weight of yourself, on him, if you've, if you've put your faith in him, then as we grow in what it looks like to be sanctified, as we grow in what it looks like to look more like him as kingdom seekers, as we're seeking his kingdom, as we're fulfilling the virtues, as we, as we do these things, inevitably we will become disciplined in fixing our eyes on him in all circumstances. And if we are fixing our eyes on him in all circumstances and we know who he is, then we will rejoice always. And we will recognize the pleasure and the opportunity and his provision in the privilege of praying without ceasing. And we will accurately give thanks because of what Christ has done. Regardless of the stuff that we find today or the loss that we've experienced. I know some people, that's not really the answer that they want. Because we would like quick fixes. And we would like just to be delivered. But I, I've experienced in my life, if we can grow in the discipline of being still and knowing that he is God. And we can know what that means by him, his character and his nature. And that will lead us to rejoice always. So my encouragement for all of us, no matter if we're on a mountaintop or a valley, is to draw near to him in confidence that he is drawing near to us, to recognize that he loves us deeply and he cares for you and you are not alone and you are not abandoned. And if you need help, to reach out. And if you need, then reach out to our church and your small group. But my biggest encouragement is never give up. Never give up. No matter what this world throws at you, never give up. Because he is good and he is faithful. So we've talked about some heavy things, some good things. Um, if, as Bennett was saying, if there's anything that you need, please reach out. Um, you can visit our website at temple.church. Uh, you can email the podcast at templetalk at temple.church. You can call the front office. We are here for you. We love you. We want to thank everyone for joining us. Um, we, uh, we hope that your next few weeks as we go through this are filled with thanks and gratitude and joy. Food. Food, <laughs> friends, family, uh, whatever it is. Um, otherwise... We thank you for joining us here. Go Cowboys! What does that mean? <laughs> Is that sports? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's
got to be sports. Yes, it was most definitely the Dallas Cowboys. No, forget it. Do the sign up one more time. <laughs> I thought that was perfect. <laughs> Don't be surprised if I keep it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here at Temple Talk. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Temple Talk. We hope that digging into God's Word together has enriched your perspective and brought encouragement. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, feel free to email them at templetalk at temple.church. You can also visit our website at temple.church for more resources. We pray God will continue to bless you and your loved ones as you seek Him in Scripture. We'll see you next time on Temple Talk. Go Cowboys. What does that mean? (laughs) These words that you say. (laughs)